Welcome to Eagle Nation. Don't forget to join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter so you never miss an episode. It's a final siren, and not for the first time. It's a case of a second quarter fade-outs that have cost us yet another game. Yes, Eagles were under man, but it's a quarter that keeps hurting us. We'll try and work out why it's happening so much. Um, it's always one quarter. Uh, poor Adelaide cruise to a clinical 40-point victory in the end. I welcome Dan. How you going, buddy? Uh, good, mate. It's good to be here after missing last week. Yeah, uh, Wayne tried to be here, but um, previous engagements and another commitment he couldn't get here. Um, we're recording this on Anzac Day, so, you know, it's a good day for it to be an Australian, I think. Um, we respect and honour those that served before us and give us uh, a, free, a free freedom, you know, for this country. No, that's it. It's a good day to pay your respects those that have fallen before us. Um, before we get into the show, got to thank our sponsor and Tommy at Plus Fitness Subiaco, Hillary's and Junior Lup. Get down, tell him you're from Eagle Nation and he'll give you a good discount and he'll whip you into shape. Um, let's get into the game. Uh, Dan, Port Adelaide in the end, 16-12, 109 to 10-9, 69. kick five, Rosie two. Cully, the surprise, pack it up forward and forward, Allen two. But where was it one, mate? To me, it was a second quarter again for Port. Um, somehow we lacked the mental attitude, the fitness or lack of pressure or maybe all three that contributed. What do you reckon? Um, I think the fact it's always second quarters, I think that's an anomaly. It's a coincidence that it's just the second quarter. I don't put down the fitness because it's not a fourth quarter fade out. If it was fourth quarter, we saw it last year, it would be a fitness uh, issue. Yep. If you're dropping the fourth quarters all the time, that's something you can measure. I think it's just the young, underexperienced side. You see, that's the way the footy goes a lot. Like, you're not worn down throughout a game, you know, slowly being chipped away. There's usually a phase or a quarter or a quarter and a half where teams get destroyed. I think the uh, dogs did it to Frio and they did it late and they ended up winning by 49 points. That was late, you know. So... The games flow, but it is very bizarre that that's probably the third, second quarter that has happened that it is the second quarter. But I can't help but think that's a coincidence. The lapses, we've got to fix. And once we fix that, that's when we're actually going to be a challenging side. That's when we're going to be a good side. Because that's what happens. These young sides, you show development, you show progress, you show the fight and the spirit. But then small patches of the games, the cream rises to the top, so to speak, and then they get a hold of you. As we develop suddenly those lapses will not be as damaging and that's when I think we'll get a hold of the competition. Yeah, look, yeah, it's, it is it isn't a coincidence um, and a couple of other games that we have lost were probably the last quarters. Uh, the Freo game was probably blown out of proportion because we had no interchange. Um, but it's that little roll-ons, that, that mental attitude where they kicked six goals, four to one goal, three in the second term, and they kicked eight of nine goals in a row. So it's just stopping that roll on from happening. Um, and it seems that, to me, it just seems that momentum, we can't halt to that momentum somehow. And it's lucky the second quarters do come finish because we reset. And the second half show that we've got the mental attitude and we, we, we've won the last 
the last half. I think by three points in then, and I think we won the last half against Geelong. So, we, uh, like you said, it's just I, these lapses. Yeah, I think we actually lost the last half just, but we're very competitive, All and right. I think it was because they kicked the last goal of the game. Yeah, well, that's so it. we were yeah. winning up until yeah. that. It was literally that close margin. and we definitely did win. But getting way back to round one, we won the second half against our North Melbourne too. As I said, uh, and that was the second quarter. The fact then. it's the, that's that's yeah. my point. The fact it's the second quarter, I can't put it down to fitness because it's not late in the game. Mm. I just think these young players and there was great footage shown over the um, weekend of the Hawks and Crows game. Now. <clears throat> It was in the coach's box and they got a goal up and then the coaches quickly got on the phone and then um, the head coach was like, no, no, stop. Let's see what the players do because the players are supposed to be trained. The players are supposed to dictate on field what to do and that's kind of the point I'm getting to. They're, you know, what, four or five years into their rebuild, so to speak. This is basically year two. You could even count this as year one because we only really started last year. Yeah. Um, and that's what you've got to get. So you can say the coach got to do this, but realistically, they've got to know when to flick that switch on field and the players need to dictate, this is what we do to stop momentum. This is what we do to save a game. This is what we have to do to win a game in the Diamonds. They've got to know these procedures. And um, I thought that was telling footage. And that's where we got to get to. So in three, four years, so let's say two years from now, that's what I want from our squad. I don't want, what do you say, eight or nine goals in a row were theirs. I don't want that. I want them to be able to address that on field and help halt momentum. And we will get there. Um, it's just painful to watch now. Yep. Um, I agree 100% exactly what you said. Let's talk about the key players of both sides. Poor Adelaide, well, Connor Rosie he won the medal, the the Anzac version of their medal. Uh, I can't remember what the name was. I should have found that out. Uh, it's pretty slack from me. But he got back-to-back. He had 29 disposals, two goals. Finlayson, five goals. But he kicked four of them in the first half, I think, from memory. So I went Brass went back onto him. I thought Brass had his best game for the year. Uh, William Drew, 25 goals. Uh, 25 disposals, one goal for the power. And it shows about the Eagles that so we're going to – Talk about the Eagles that shined. Jay Cully, revelation up forward, four goals. He only had about 10, 12 possessions, but he was at the right spot and he did what – well, he's not exactly small, but he played as a small. I, I know what you're you saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he's taller than um, Jake Waterman. Because I think he's 194, <laughs> 195 centimetres. He's taller he, than he, Waterman. Because he's a midfielder, <laughs> you know. He's a ball gatherer that he's good at the crumb and it's dangerous to have that up forward. Eventually you do want to see these players move into the midfield, kind of like we said with Noah Long. Hopefully eventually they move in there. But it's great to have these players be able to go in there. And um, we've said before, you know, when you get all these injuries, sometimes opportunities arise. And this isn't something they really would have planned for Joe well, Cully up forward. He, he found out on Wednesday he was yeah, playing forward. But then he relished the opportunity in the four yeah. goals. And I just hope he gets the NAB rising star nom. But I guarantee it'll be Rue from um, Melbourne. He only kicked three goals, not the four, and less disposals. But just being Melbourne versus Richmond, they're all up and about. And, uh, big you, game. You could talk it and scream Vic buys, but it is there a little bit if a player that's – because they say it's over – a build-up of games too. So that was only his third game. Cully's played, what, seven games, yeah, eight seven games, games, you know. So he's obviously had more of a build-up than uh, Rue would have um, Van Ruin. Um, so it'll be interesting to see this week who gets an rising star because being as biased as I am, four goals, ten oh, disposals, look. he was a pretty good player up forward for us. So. Oh, yeah, well, 
he, he kept us in the game. So, um, and his third goal was the longest review this year for a, a goal review. Now, honestly, with the and we don't see all the visions in the arc. I've been I've been to Telstra, uh, the AFL house, and where the arc is with the screens they got. If they cannot get that quicker, I just don't understand what the hell is going on. But. That was like three or four minutes just about holding the play, you know, and it worked for us probably. So, but it was one of the longest reviews. You got to get that better. The funny thing is, though, on the broadcast, they kept showing it, showing it. It looked like he was just shoelaces in it, basically. But then the very last angle they showed was the one directly behind the goals. He kicks, and you see the ball slightly deviate. So it's like if you just looked at that shot first, straight away you see the ball slightly deviate. You're like, oh, yeah, well, he's hit that. That's that's a goal. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, it's It's amazing. uh, Williams, uh, we've been pretty critical at the start of the year, but he's building. He's building into a what what we need. We need a ruckman. So uh, he had twenty one possessions, thirteen clearances, thirty seven hitouts, and strong performance. He carried the ruck for us for the whole game. Uh, Waterman had a bit of a go on the ruck, and a couple of others did. Uh, it was a great. It was his best game for the Eagles. But I want to put things into perspective. Who he was playing on? He was playing on a game that guy that's played three games. So he should have dominated, and he did, and I'm glad he did. Yeah, well, that's Tickle, wasn't it? Um, yep. But Rindigal. he is a East Freo product, so he's yep. not like a 18 year old kid. He's not no. like a young Barnett that's had three games oh, he's come an, play. He's so a he's mature a, player. Yeah, he's a mature player, and he's had games against uh, senior players, obviously. But the thing I liked about it was, um, First of all, let's just call something out. I think we have an avid listener in Williams. I think he's been listening to our podcast. Uh, me, you and Wayne spoke, spoke about heavily, mainly after the Ruse game. He's obviously listening to us because I was very critical of the Ruse game because they effectively didn't have a ruck. Wayne was happy when I kind of wasn't. Um, and, us, and we kind of agreed in the end that like we wanted him to change it up a bit. If the midfielders aren't moving and giving you good opposi- chances, n- knock it forward, which he was. He was knocking it into space. I was saying, take it out the ruck. Well, he was taking it out the ruck, you know what I mean? So everything we said that we're critical on, he kind of addressed this game. Yep. And for me, he's had good games where he's we've shown development. For me, this was actually his first great game. So other games were like, that was a good game by him. He's showing development. He's showing progress. But it was progress. It was development. This one wasn't a progress development game. I mean, this was a good Ruckman's game. Well, uh, To me, he played really well. And he took it out the ruck. I think he had 12, 13 clearances. Yeah, 13 clearances. And as I said, he was addressing the things we're critical of. I was like, right, if, if you're against a ruckman that's not going to overpower you, which he will get overpowered by the Darcy's yeah. and the bigger ruckman, and I'm glad Lysa didn't play, well, body it. Take the ball out the ruck, which he did a lot. You know, smash it forward, which he did a lot. And he did all these things. So that was by far his best game he's played. And to me, that wasn't a development that game that I was impressed with. That was just an impressive game. So shout out to Williams. I gave him free votes just because of the impact he had on the game. Um, and sometimes you look at all the disposals. Like I had Kelly a second, but a lot of people had Kelly best on ground. I just gave Williams for the impact he had over the four quarters best on ground, but I just mentioned Tim Kelly, 34 possessions, eight clearances. He had 13 disposals in the third term alone, and you were sitting there going, this is one great quarter, and he's had a great season. So for the people that de- are detractors of him, sit back and see the work he's doing. He's actually playing a role he's never played before. You know, at Geelong, he wasn't playing that role. He was a high half forward. Now he's a midfield um 
He still hasn't got Shuey there, still hasn't got Yo there, so he's the number one midfielder. So he's having a great season. Andrew Gaff, we, we talked about off air, a lot of people didn't give him much credit for the game he played, but he had 32 possessions and four clearances, and he worked his ass off. Um, and he's playing a different role. He's playing an inside mid, which is different for him. And, you know, he does get exposed running backwards, but if you're getting the ball, we're getting the ball. So it's in our possession. And briefly, down at the defence, they're seeing a lot of it. Liam Duggan had another great game. And Tom Barras, 17 possessions, 10 marks. And I think he had nine intercepts. So that was his best game for the year. Yeah, there was really was a lot of positive because by far his best game of the year. And Brass of like the latter half of last year, you know, um, which is just amazing. Um, so... With these losses, because we're rebuilding, we're smashed by injuries, these losses are going to come. I like to just sit there and just look for positives in the game. And this game we had a lot, you know. We're competitive for three quarters. You're very disappointed with the second, very disappointed. But the Williams coming along. Cully, who we want a rising star on, four goals up forward, that's a positive. Cully getting another 30-plus disposal game. And I agree. When he was at Geelong, I think he was behind <laughs> Ablett, Selwood and... Dangerfield. Yep. Do you know what I mean? So it's like coming in and now being the head man that's getting tagged. It is a very different role and you're having to be the inside contested ball winner more. Gaff, I, I disagree with a lot of people with Gaff because you're not going to – you're not – Gaff isn't in his prime anymore, sadly. Um, but he's contributing. He's As you said, he's playing different role. He's inside more. So you see a lot more of the hack kicks, which frustrates people. I do actually understand that part in rushed handballs because you see that happens. But when you've got a player getting 32 disposals at his age, which he hasn't done in a long time, that's great to me. That's showing, you know, your willingness to get the ball. And um, <clears throat> he's not the quickest. So there's faults, but you can always find – there's not the perfect package. You always find faults with players. But when you've got him and – Two of your midfielders getting over 30, that's that's a plus sign. Well, that's what you need. I should have done the uh, maths because I said this when Kelly first got the 30-plus game. I, I felt like it was a long time since we've had a player get 30-plus disposals in our midfield. And I might actually stay tuned. I might actually look that up for um, next well, he, week's podcast. Because, he's had five out of seven games. Yeah, but I swear last year it felt like no one was getting 30-plus oh, games. And then the start this year it hasn't. So until he's come into this rich vein of form – like now he's had, as you said, three out of five. That's that's brilliant. Um, so, yeah, just a lot of po- positives. And I, I'm liking Duggan. I think he's feeling a bit fitter than he has been in past games with his knee because he did his knee two years ago, but he keeps having to go in for cleanups with it. So it's obviously troubling him a lot. And he still says they're wrecked. Like if you listen yeah. to any of his podcasts or interview work, he says they're wrecked. But I find he's um, not got the rebound and Dash of Jones, but he still plays a bit of that game. He's very defensive, almost like Shep used to be a bit in the day. Yeah, I think this is best year he's had in a couple of years, I reckon. He's Jones without the flair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, maybe not the pace, but yeah. he's doing the exact same thing yeah. Jones does. As he's playing on, he's getting very good metres gained. He's going forward. And and right. that's another positive, quickly, more the game style. We, we're not going to chipping around, going back. No, nah, we're having a new, go. We are. And we're looking – and yeah. another one which we might touch on later when we get to injuries, that might be in bounce down next week. But the fitness. We're not losing, getting smashed in the last quarter. We're running, we're carrying. We're looking a lot fitter than we were last year. So to me, that's also another positive. Yeah, uh, one player before – I want to get into some of the negatives, but one player that I think is having a great season along with Kelly, and I'm so glad because so many people have not this kid, and that's Snake Waterman. Oh, brilliant game. He, he, he had uh, 23 disposals, um, 
think he had 10 in the third term when, you know, we needed to lift and all that. Uh, 10 marks, a goal, and playing in the ruck. And it just shows you the versatility of the kid. And, uh, you know, you know, with JK retiring, we weren't seeing him playing because of JK because of the extra tour. So yeah, I'm so glad he's having a great season and I hope he keeps in the team. I just want to talk about some of the – probably the players that need to do a little bit more and they're going to get the chance because we've got the injuries. So Clark West, to me – they seem a little bit out of the depth sometimes when you're watching them. That they do, they do what they need to do, but they're not having as much impact. I thought Luke Edwards it was probably his better game, but he needs to impact more. But again, he's a guy that's missed 18 months of football. Um, Luke True, I, I forgot he was even playing in the first half. He had no possessions. I don't know how long he was on the ground for. I haven't checked it out. But in the second half. Like Simo said, when he gets a ball, he's good with his hands. And I think he had nine handballs. So um, he needs to do something. Petrol? Uh, just quickly, sorry. I've got a little tidbit about True if you want to hear it. Um, Adam Simpson went down to the bench in the first half because – and I love this as a coaching thing – because we've got a lot of younger players. And he realised True just hadn't had a touch. So he came out and said, let's look for True. When he's in the midfield, look for True, find True. And that's why in the first half he had zero touches. At quarter time, no, sorry, at half time, like second quarter, he came down, spoke to the players. And then I think he had eight for the second half. So it was yeah, how get these positions. young kids yeah. into the game. That's the only way they're going to learn. That's it. Um, and, you know, him and Bezo, first games back after the horrific years they've had uh, personal wise. So it's good to see them back in a park. I think. Sam, oh, not, I was going to say, yeah, Sam Petreski-Seaton, SBS. Um, he's fine in his niche. He had a quieter game, but he's just doing his role. Foley had a crack, but was probably beaten on the day. Um, Darling probably, there's a lot of distractors out there, Darling, but all I'm going to say to you, all the people that say, oh, Darling should be in the team, you take a guy that kicks 45 goals plus out of his season, he's going to fill his spot. That's all I'm going to say. And if... Oscar's kicking the goals, Waterman's kicking the goals, Darling's up there. One of them's not going to kick – you're not going to have three of them at, in most games kick heaps of goals. So he did fumble. He had one of those games where he was fumbling and stuff like that. But, you know, he's still getting the ball. And I thought Rotham down back just probably had one of his shock. He had a shocker, to be honest. But, you know, these are guys who got to lift. And, you know – it wasn't bad games, but they've got to lift more, especially the guys that are going to play through the guts like Clark, West, Edwards and True. Yeah, and that's why uh, I and say Petrol I disagree a little bit. Petrol did the absolute bare minimum to keep his spot. Yeah. You want to, you, you don't want him players to do the bare minimum to keep their spot. You want them to cement themselves in that 22, 23 now. I forget about the sub. But – with this rebuilding, this and this is why I um, get a little defensive over Gaff and all these things, is because if your team's not performing, a lot of the time, don't look at the players on the top of your performance list. So when you get your stats and key list on what they're doing and basically AFL fantasy points, but that's a bit of a deluded thing. That's not really showing impact. But the players down the bottom are the ones you want to lift. If you're criticising the ones up the top, you... I find it a bit mind-boggling. It's like, yeah, but if those players down the bottom lifted, it gives those players their support. So they're only playing support roles up the top. They're not having to try and carry it. And that's my only point with this. You can always find faults in players. You can find 
We'll use Gav because he's just a great example. You can find that because he's not used to being in the middle of match. The hack kicks forward, the blind kicks, or a quick hand pass because we're trying to go quick that doesn't hit tight. You can find that because he had 32 disposals. So there's going to be a few of those yep. bad disposals. But look at the bottom. And that's not to criticise these bottom players because a lot of them you'll find will remove backmen because a lot of times, you know, they're doing their job. They're not going to get yeah. lots of the ball. They're not all um, McGovern's that are interceptors and disposal winners, you know, and they're not all the Hearns that do the kickouts. But then when you got your youth, they're young, they will get better. So it's not a critique on them, but that's where the floor in our game is right now. Yeah, you got to bring We're the bottom playing up. a lot of kids yeah. and the, even the star kids like a Jimby we know will be great. They're not having actually huge impacts. You just love seeing them get the games though because that's where we're at and that's where we need to be. But ones like Petrosali, and I'm a big fan of Petrosali, he's now at the age of 50 grain bracket mark where they need to start performing and need to start taking that spot for themselves. So he's the one that's like 14 and 1. That's enough to keep your spot. But I said that's the bare, bare minimum. minimum. Yep. And you want him to get a couple of goals or just a few more disposals. Use that run more. But he was another one. I think it was the third quarter, I think. The third quarter was really good where Kelly picked up, Waterman picked up. We had all these plays pick up and play. Uh, I don't think we actually won it. I think we lost by like a point or something. But we just played so well in that yep. quarter. Um I just want to talk. You just said Jinby there. He only had 17 possessions. But if you go on the Ignatian Facebook page, Instagram page, there's a tackle there. He does a Sam Pap, Sam Pal oh, Pepper. I love that. And that was just that was brilliant to see that from a kid that's played six games. I, I can only hope that everyone else sees that and takes a leaf out of his book. It was inspirational. But the play he did it to, such a hard yeah, player. And like, that's why he's not easy to t- it, uh, tackle. Pal Pepper, he's a strong boy. Yeah, it was it was a good second effort. Um, before we finish, uh, Simo said, you know, he was pleased because the key indicators. We're all met, and that's what I was sitting there going, well, what, what are you talking about? So you look at the key indicators, and that's during the line win. So we won the hit-outs, won the clearances, won the centre clearances. We didn't win the stoppages, but it was nearly even. Uh, contested possessions was basically even. Uncontested possessions, we won easy. Turnovers, you know, we had less turnovers, so it was good. We had more marks. Uh, we had less marks inside 50s. That's, that's probably something we can work on. Contested marks, we won Intercept possessions one. Um, usually, when we're looking at those key indicators, we're only winning one or two. Mm. So we've basically won nearly all of the key indicators that they base the match on. So that's the pleasing thing. And you wonder what when you look at that on a on a whole, you wonder what happened in that second quarter because yeah. the pressure went from two twenty eight down to ninety or something. So that was the only difference. Um, those key indicators are good. So if we can keep doing that, guys, we got Carlton coming up. This weekend, so well, I'll hold my thoughts on that. But um, we'll, people we'll, we'll that can't see this on a video one. podcast, I'm smiling right now. But those key indicators are great. That's why I love stats. We're on the right track, and just a shout out to our supporters. I think there's a lot more happy feeling this time this year because we're effectively in the same position, but it feels different. We can see the progress. We can see where we're going for. We're not getting hundred point losses. We were getting a lot of hundred point losses last year. And we're getting smashed and we're getting run over and we're looking unfit. And the game plan no changed so you can yeah. see it. And Luke Edwards was injured all year, so you didn't get to yep. see Edwards, you know. We've added the young kids now. You know, Cully was a mid season pick. So you didn't see him the first half. But now you're seeing these kids. Now they're getting and now you're seeing a better game style, quicker game style. Yeah 
Boy, Sally got a lot of injuries still, but you're seeing the kids. You know, it's just it's a lot more happy. You're seeing our end game now. You're seeing where we're going and where we're tracking. You're seeing a change in the coaching. Just a lot better feel out there considering we're only one and five, which, hey, we've uh, won the same amount of games as Richmond people, so uh, you can put that one in your belt. <laughs> well, look, the one positive about it is uh, we're fast-tracking some of the kids that probably wouldn't have got a chance otherwise, and that can only work good for us. So, anyway, guys, thanks for joining for the final siren. Um, hopefully it's a win next week that we're talking about. Um, so uh, stay tuned and hopefully you listen to uh, Bounce Down, which we will release later in the week. Uh, take it easy, guys. Go Eagles. Born is bright from isolation, a fortress built. Yeah.